Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord this morning. You know, I went to the doctor uh, actually twice. I had to get some clearances for what we're about to do in ministry, and so I had to go, and one of the tests was inconclusive, so I had to go back. And uh, the first time while I was sitting in the, in the waiting room, I'm talking to God. I always find time to talk to God and just, I can't be moved. I know what move is, and I know what it does. So I'm sitting at the doctor's office, and I'm sitting there by myself. Nobody else is in the office, so that was good. I got in no time. And so uh, you know how that is. And so I'm, I'm sitting there just waiting and waiting, and finally the uh, nurse or whatever she was, secretary or whatever, she came out. Uh, Mr. Scott, uh, come on in. And I went back, and the doctor gave me some news. And I'm not going to speak that news. I'm going to speak this news. While she was speaking to me, telling me some, you know, it sounded like that peanuts thing, you know, when they're in school with the teacher. Nom, 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 nom. I'm talking to God. This is your business. This has got nothing to do with me. I'm your servant. I'm your child. And I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to lift your name. I'm going to believe when there seemed to be no hope. So my question today. While you're waiting, what you're thinking about? Praise the Lord. So she gave me some news. And the news was not pleasing. And I know that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if I open myself up to worry, doubt, and all this other stuff, then comes the stress. Then comes possibly something. So you know what I did? I lifted up my holy hands. And I said, God, these hands are yours. And everything about this life belongs to you. I will live and I will not die. So I'm going to share something with you. Would you be kind enough to open your Bibles up uh, to the first text? And that's in 1 Samuel, verse 10. Praise the Lord! They ought to hear us outside. Because I guarantee you... uh, I don't think any of us was saved from, you know, really good means. We came to the Lord because we needed, we needed him, right? So that means that we were in something when he pulled us out of it, correct? We ought to be able to shout that name where they hear us on, on noble. Okay, maybe that was over, maybe that was over a couple, couple of heads. Do you know what the Bible says? Being confident, in Philippians, being confident of this very thing, that he that begun the work in Peter will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So just that in itself, whatever the doctor had to say to me, the word of God is more truth. Being confident of this very thing. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty confident in God because I got nothing else. I got, let me say it again. I had two amens and a head nod. I got nothing else. I got news for you. You don't either. (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's what I'm talking about, the second room. This is the story here where Samuel give um, Saul some instruction. Now, uh, Samuel is the man of God. 
like your man of God. Amen. I'm going past that. And then let's start uh, at verse 10. You there yet? Well, I'm going to read at verse, I'm going to start at verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. This is Samuel talking to Saul. You will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be, when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait. Oh, that's got a ring to it. Seven days you will wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. Verse 9. So it was when, it had turned his, when he had turned his back from Samuel that God had given him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Verse 10. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied. Has God told you something? That is a question. It's rhetorical. You don't have to answer. But think within yourself. I can already tell you, you're sitting here. God has told each and every one of us something. All right, you with me? Now turn the page, if you will. I'm sorry. Turn to 2 Samuel. No, I was right. 1 Samuel. 13. You ready? Let's start at verse uh, 6. When the men of Israel saw that there was, they were in danger for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves and thickets, in rocks and holes and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilad. As far as Saul was... I'm sorry, as far as Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all of the people followed him trembling. Verse 8, then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgad, and the people were scattered from him. You know, sometimes when God has said some things to us, it looks like it's not going to come to fruition. And you know, sometimes we start doing things ourselves because it seems more practical to our natural mind. You know, Saul had taken, I mean, uh, Samuel was taking long. So it only seems right. I want to share something with you in that passage. Uh, back in the other one, I'm going to read you, I have to turn there. Let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands. Sometimes we'll hear the word of God and we'll start interpreting the way we think we should. Especially when it gets hot and heavy in your life. And it doesn't seem like God is showing up at the time that he should have shown up. God, what must I do? And then the thought of the end of your mind, well, I can do this here. And it's almost the same thing as God. But no, God's given us a word. And remember Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but... It will be accomplished. So I'm telling you this today. That each one of us sitting in this room today, we have had a word from God. Maybe two. And that word of God was sent to mature us, to satisfy us, and to grow us. Amen. Let's go. 
When it looks like the word of God is going on and on and on, or the time it takes for God to answer his prayer that he's given, his, his promise he's given to each one of us, and it's going on and on and on and on and on. How many been there? Some of us might be there right now. I want to tell you this, don't move. If God has given you a word, don't leave that word. Just sit there. Now, I don't mean sitting in these chairs or sitting at home. There's some things we got to do. One of them is walk in your house, wherever you are, and start worshiping God. See, there's some praise should be coming out of my mouth. Why should I be praising for something that ain't came yet, ain't came to fruition? Because he's God, and he said it, and I trust it, and that settles it. Amen? Amen. When it appears that things are being delayed. You know, I told you all some time ago that I have never been married in my life. And, uh, you know, I didn't know really how that worked. <laughs> because there was a lot of marriages in my life in times past and I didn't see it working either, starting at my mom, you know. And so when I... I I told God a wife I wanted. I told him what I needed in a, in, a, in a spouse. And he said, no, you don't need that. What you need is what I'm going to give you. And I said, okay, I'm all, right. I'm, sorry, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that, you know. And so uh, I, I meet this young lady. We started uh, courting. And uh, I'll tell you something. This is a, listen here, I've told you before, I can only minister to you from what God has done and is doing in my life. I can't minister to you about working on cars because I know nothing about it. And so we got married and, uh, woo! <laughs> Let the pressure begin. No, I, I, I felt pressed on every side, as Paul said. I pressed on every side. I felt pressed on every side. And you see these gray hairs? She is the blessed thing that God brought into my life. But at that time, a juncture in my walk with God, I could not see God. And in fact, I didn't want to see God. This is a mess, Lord. And I told God, I'm out of here. And I started high-stepping it, trying to get away. But I got down to Southern California and the Holy Spirit spoke the word to me that I'm talking to you now. I told you something and what I told you, I will perform. And I started high-stepping back. She'll tell you. She's sitting in here. The God we are in relationship wants to develop us so we can so much stop thinking so much about ourselves in this life. Because as long as Peter or you are doing us, we're, we're not going to see anybody through anything. Let's just be honest about it. Well, can we be honest about it? And so the devil, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a peon. You know what a peon is? A peon is, is so small, they got nothing. They had nothing. And he has risen himself up above God, tried to lift himself up above God, and he got cast out for that, and you know where he hit. And even today, the only reason why we give thoughts of darkness credence is because we meditate on it too long. You can't stop the thoughts, but what you can do is cast them down. Amen? The word of God is all God's part. This is all he's, what he said to us, his children. This is what he said, right? 
Did you know the waiting is my part? And that's, that's a terrible word, isn't it? Waiting. But the Bible says that he that wait on the Lord shall renew his strength. In another place, the Bible says the joy of the Lord. So is it possible to get right into the thick of things when you just don't like it? I mean, you are disgusted in it and just start, Lord, I thank you right now that I am going through this, that you have allowed me to go through this. Now show forth your joy. All right. All right, let's turn over to John. Chapter 12. It's really getting ready to get good now, people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, my writing is so huge. I tried to do that Pastor David thing with the post-it notes, but my writing is so big. It's like 65 post-it notes. I, no, I can't go there, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I got huge writing, you know, praise the Lord. You there? Yeah. Verse 12, starting at verse 1, I mean, chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days. Now remember what this is about. It's quiet. I feel like I'm in a library when Pastor asks me, <laughs> praise him. This is about God's word that he gave to each one of us because we're all individual people. And so God's going to speak a word to Brother Peter. He's going to speak a word to all of us individually. And it's that word that he wants us to, he's going to fulfill it as long as we stay connected and patient. And that patience is not just waiting, but it's a continuum of doing what you were doing before the word. If you were praising and thanking God and walking around just jubilant all the time about all the things that God has said and done for me, you stay there. Even while you're going through what you're going through. And he's going to see you through it. I promise. Then, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead. Whom he had raised from the dead. There they made a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Can you imagine that? Brother Peter died. Sister Ann came and laid hands on him, and now he's sitting having dinner. Some of you would be spooked. You probably wouldn't invite and enjoy the meal very well. Come on, let's just be honest. People been people, right? I believe that's one of the truest statements. People have been people, right? Some of us, we couldn't even eat because we... <laughs> is, he really, is he really taking food? Wow. He ain't, he ain't cold. <laughs> he ain't cold. He's alive. Come on now. Who had been dead? Where am I at? Verse 2. Then there made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who had sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. 
But one of the, let me stop there. Praise the Lord. Lazarus was dead. Can you visualize that? Wrapped up in a tomb. Jesus, four, let's say it was five days away. The Bible says that he was four days dead, but he had to be sick sometime, right? So we'll say five days. It took Jesus five days to get to him. And as we're getting ready to see in a moment, he stinketh. Rigor mortis had already set in. He had already began to turn colors. He was dead as a doorknob. But I want to share this thought with you because God told you something. And it's that same word that God told you is the same one that's going to raise you if we wait on him. Amen? There's one, th there's one thing about this story, and I'm going to share it with you. That while all of the chaos and havoc was happening within this situation, because if you read a little bit before that, you'll see that the Pharisees also want to take out the testimony. Read it for yourself. The, the, the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus also. Not only was they going to do Jesus in, but we're going to leave, we're going to get every remnant of what's left behind him. So we're going to take out Lazarus as well. Come on, let's, let's go. I want you to know that Mary continued to praise God while she and her sister was going through whatever they were going through about their brother being dead. But Jesus Christ showed up on the scene. Let's turn over just a, a page or so to uh, chapter 11. No, it's one page in my Bible. So my question again is why we waiting on God's word to be fulfilled in us, fulfilled in us. What are we doing? What are you doing? You there? Amen. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus, of verse 1, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord's feet. We just read that. Oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, it is he. I mean, he whom you love is sick. Verse 4. And Jesus heard that he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Uh, let's jump over to... Verse, verse, um, verse 11. And the things, things, Jesus expounding further on what he's telling his disciples in verse 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Verse 14, then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He is physically, naturally, kaput. He's gone. He's no longer living among, he's no, no longer alive among the living. He is gone. 
verse 15, And I am glad for your sakes that I am not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then I want you to jump down real quickly to verse 19. And many of the Jews had joined the, the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now the Bible doesn't say, but I'm more than sure that she was probably praising and glorifying God. And you'll see where I got that idea from in a minute. I want you to also understand that uh, when things happen, we want to give people part of our mind. Listen what, listen what Martha said in verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had have been there, God has told us some stuff. And it was very distinct for me, for you, and it was very personalized. See, the thing, what he told me, he didn't tell you, and what he told you, he didn't tell me. So some of us, as I said, begin, in the beginning, there's some of us sitting in here, and our promise has not been fulfilled. But you take heart. He has not forgotten what he's told you, nor is he slack in his promises. As we count slackness. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So she was aware of his ability. She was aware and noticeably hot. Because to call him Lord, that's supreme and in authority. She says, Lord, and I don't think she said it in that tone. Because remember now, death is forever. That person is gone. There's no more birthday cards. There's no more birthday parties. There's none of that. The person is gone. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God would give it you. Verse 23, because this is very important. Verse 23, and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She couldn't see it. Can you see your promise being fulfilled? Can you see your manifestation? Because if you can't, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to start filling in the gaps. And this is a natural thing to do. But remember, my words are spirit and they are life. We will start trying to fill the gaps of things. I know, I'm a witness to this. We'll start trying to fill the gaps where we think God didn't understand or he didn't know any better. And he's taking too long anyway. So I'm going to fill that gap. And maybe this will prolong me so as, I, as I'm still waiting on him, I can, I can, I can, I can. Well, am I the only one? Jesus said to her, your, 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She's still upset. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am. I am. You know, that would upset me too. You know, I'm asking you a question about something that's really important to me. My emotions is all wrapped up into this brother or sister. And you want to tell me I am? He's dead. You are? Mm. I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Listen to this. 
Verse 26. And whoever, okay, verse 27. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. And the reason I'm reading this like this because of what I'm about to read after 27. And she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who come into the world. And listen to verse 28. And when she has said these things, she went her way secretly and called Mary, her sister, saying to her, the teacher calls you. Jesus didn't call her. You know, the question is, is what are you doing while you're waiting? Because sometimes a good word will come to you, and it's like, go on with that. Go on, I don't want to hear that. That's because the spirit mind is not connected. There's a discombobulation, and you're getting ready to see that in a minute. Sometimes we can run our mouth too much. Okay, jump over to uh, verse 39. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Here she is again. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks. Leave him in there. You know, we can wait so long on God, or think we've waited so long on God, till we think or believe the time of healing and restoration has already passed. But it hasn't. And it will not because the Bible says that God, now our timing don't belong to God. He does his own thing. He knows exactly what we need, how we need it, when we need it. Yes. There is a stench. He has been dead for four days. Here's my big notes. Yeah. When it seems like Jesus is taking too long for you, for us, you know what we should be doing? Is lifting our hands and glorifying him. I know every one of us in here, we have something that we've been asking God for. How do I know that, Brother Peter? How do you know that, Brother Peter? Well, let me tell you this. We're all humans, and we're all going through whatever it is that we're going through. We're living here on this natural earth. So I know that we're, none of us in here are exempt from going through anything, right? But the Bible says that the Word of God was sent to heal us. Now, the problem is, I like to think a lot of us are outrunning the word. The word of God is not going to chase me down. I got to wait on the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we can hear the word of God incorrectly. Verse 27 that we read, when she was talking to Jesus and Jesus told her that I am the risen, I am. Sometimes we can hear the word of God incorrectly and would cause us to live or to do incorrect things. You hear a lot talking about tithe, 
for me in my mind, I, I'm like, um, this is Brother Peter. So don't y'all take this farther than Brother Peter. But it's like to me, if I'm going to believe, uh, they shall lift up their voice, they shall sing, for the majesty of the Lord shall, I don't like that. Uh, so, so Saul to his son, said to his uncle, told us, I don't like that either. I have to believe every dot and every tittle that God has purposefully allowed us to have. So for me to, to, to hear the tithe being talked about so much, it's like uh, when you pray, are we asking God to reveal the truth? Here's a short testimony. My wife and I, we, we were, we were kind of on the fence about the tithe. Okay, tenth of my money. Okay, all right. Okay, and I think she had her own, knowing Latrice, she did. She had her own thoughts. And so uh, we came together, said this is what we're going to do. Until the revelation comes, we're going to obey what the word of God says. And I almost want to say it happened almost the same time. We have to believe that everything, you know, the Old Testament, Jesus concealed, the New Testament, Jesus revealed. We have to believe everything. Well, let me say this. I have to. You can believe what you want to. He is the answer to all of our life's problems, issues, and dilemmas. He is the answer. And there's no other answer. In fact, the Bible says that there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And he's not just talking about going to heaven. He's talking about why we're living here on this planet, on this earth. He is the answer. Amen. Death would you agree it's traumatic? You know, there's a lot of traumas going on in this world. A lot of them. And I'm almost certain that every single one of us in this room today has encountered something that's traumatic, something that left a mark on your life. I want to tell you today that God is the answer in, his, in Jesus Christ. But I also want to tell you that if we don't get out of the trauma that has happened to us. The trauma that has taken place, because this is what's happening with Mary, and I'm getting ready to show you here in a second. The trauma will cause you to hear the word of God wrongly. Instead of reading and hearing and allowing that word to come in and fill every void in our life, because that's what he's, he, he said the word to do. And so uh, really quickly, let's, um, let's look at something. Uh, go back over to uh, chapter 12. Let's start at 9. 
Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, talking about Jesus, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus also to death. Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The Holy Spirit's going to bring that back to me. I want to read you something. Um, this is the definition of hope. Hope. Hope is the confident expectation of God. I'm sorry, let me read that again. The confident expectation of God of what he has promised. And its strength is in his faithfulness. See, we need to expect God to fulfill his word. And if we don't put a demand on that expectation, what we'll do is become weary. weary. Have you experienced that? Yeah. That reminds me of this, the, the woman at the well. Um, she left her pots after the conversation with Jesus. So that told me that water wasn't that important. But what he gave her changed her world. So to the point that her testimony, read it for yourself, her testimony saved the city. I need to finish this. Thank you. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 11, again. Verse 32, let's start at 31. Then the Jews who were with her in the house, comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep. Then Mary, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. I want you to know that today we can fix something. I'm a person that believes in today. Today, I can fix something. But first, I got to realize that something is broken. 
Because if I continue to think nothing is broken, I'll continue to act and behave or act and say like things are okay when they're not. And everybody around you know you're stinking. And they may not say nothing to you because they love you. But I'm one of those people that I have to be honest with myself and look in the mirror of my own life and tell myself, Brother Peter, you stinking. You better take a bath. And I don't mean a natural bath. Being washed by the word of God. But what we ought to be doing right now in the moments of, of trouble that comes is praising glorifying God while you're waiting. This makes your time of waiting not that long. Because your mind, your heart, your spirit is on praising and glorifying your God. We should be praying constantly. Thank you. We should meditate. Let the word of God just always running off our brain. Just constantly thinking and rolling the word of God off of our mind. Just constantly. But see, that's, that's going to take some work. Uh, that's going to take some work, a lot of work. Like Pastor said the other night, you, you're not going to just get up one morning and, and just decide you want to do that. It takes some practice and practice and practice. And we got to keep hope fresh. Lord, I know that you told me this, and I'm going to believe it no matter what's happening in this world and in my life. I'm going to believe what you said. I'm going to believe what you, what you said. I don't know if you guys ever do positive self-talk. I have to do it daily. If you've ever heard my testimony, I have to do it daily. Be glad. Well, Brother Peter, I'm going to be glad and I got no money to pay these. Be glad. There is something that we can be glad about. Grab that. Change your focus. Do not doubt. Do not take matters into your own hand. I think we discussed a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, going back to the testimony about um, marrying my wife. Uh, I asked God, I mean, I told God, I didn't ask him. I told God once I walked away, I said, oh, Father, can't, I, can't you give me another selection? <laughs> Can I be real with you? Give me another selection. Can I get door number two? They're like, no, you open door number one. That's your prize. And in closing, Genesis 21.1, the Bible says that uh, Sarah, whose womb we already know, was closed. Talking about hope. God, we already know gave her a child. If we're going to do this, 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 this life, I don't know about you, but I have, um, I've let people go. I don't care what you think about me. And I'm not talking about any of you. I'm saying the people that I let go of. I had to let them go, and it was quite a bit of them. 
I'm finished with you. Now that doesn't mean, hey, how you doing? Good day. Also good riddance. I'm leaving now. You know why? Because I got a word of God that he said he promised me something. And if I'm hanging out with people that don't quite see things like I do, you know what that's going to do? That's going to discombobulate something in there. See, because I am a man, right? And if I'm going to allow the spirit of the God, to, the spirit of God to live out of me, then there's some things that I need to rid myself of. And that's one of them is negative conversations. I can do that all by myself. I think that was a song. All by myself. I can do that all by myself. I don't need nobody in my life to help me with that. What I need is somebody that's going to encourage me. Somebody going to step to him and say, hey, Brother Peter, uh, you got a minute? Uh, you're doing wrong right now. That's the type of people that I need in my life. See, because I'm going to be waiting on God. And as I'm waiting, I want to make sure that I got my praise and my conversation right. Amen. Amen. Because I know that God, everything he told me, I, I already got it. In the spirit, it is done. Amen. Uh, I hope this blessed you. Praise the Lord. I am uh, excited about the word of God. You know what I mean? And I hope we all are. Because it's time. I do have another question for you to think about on your own time. What's stopping you? There's a lot of work to be done. And, uh, uh, we all have a part in the doing. So what's stopping you? Amen? Let's stay. You know, uh, I think God's got a sense of humor, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's had me really laughing just at myself. Amen. And so, but uh, he is good. He's mer I thank God for his mercy because I should have been gone a long time ago. And I'm not stupid. I know that. Just some of the things that I've put my hands to. But his mercy, his mercy makes me cry out. Amen. So today, before we depart from here, let's not forget that... Uh, there is a happening happening in the park today at 1 o'clock, and I'm knowing that we're all invited there. Let's go and show our support to the family. I'm sure they would really thoroughly enjoy seeing us all there. Amen? So, today, today, praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Ann. Today, we have the opportunity to change something. Right? Because God has promised us something. Don't let voices over here distract you from what the voices is being downloaded into you. Don't, don't let that happen. And so 
We, we need to be able to distinguish. And so let's look to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I feel in my spirit, Father, that every heart in this place today was open and receptive to your word. It's my prayer, Father, that we take what they, we've heard today, Father, and apply it to our lives, that we can be better tomorrow for the people of tomorrow. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for your continual goodness and your mercy, your ways, in the name of Jesus, which you declared a past finding out. We know, Father, that you've called and created us for something. Let us see it today. And as we're singing, let us speak only what you have showed us and what we hear coming from your lips. We thank you, Father, for your goodness today. And Father, as we said before, we bless our pastor who's away, and we bless his pastor and everything that's going on in, in Ohio today. We just ask in Jesus' name that everybody there, Father, everybody there will receive from you we ask that hearts are open and receptive also there in Jesus' name. And let your will, let your will be done as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we thank you for this day. And we give you the praise and glory that's due to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.